Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas, as well as keep you up to date on the latest Chinese entertainment news. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter or else email us at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com. Today is actually a really fun episode because January 22nd was the Lunar New Year or in Chinese, Chunjie. So today's podcast episode will primarily focus around this big celebration from an entertainment perspective. You cannot talk about Chunjie in China without talking about the Spring Gala or Chunjie Wanhui, which is the biggest event of the year or TV event of the year and one of the most watched television programs in the world. Because this is such a big holiday in China, they get a whopping week off of work. Ugh, can we please get some of that in the US? <laughs> I'd like a full week off of work. And because of this holiday, this is actually a prime time for blockbuster Chinese movies to come out to fight for box office ticket sales. So today, instead of chatting about dramas, we are actually going to give a update about the Chinese box office uh, environment as of right now. And it's actually very interesting. Let's start off with Chunjiewanhui or the Spring Gala. It is put together by CCTV or Chinese Central Television, which means it is government sponsored. Unlike Christmas, regular New Year's, and even the Chinese New Year Day celebrations where multiple TV stations host their own performances and grand shows, Lunar New Year's Eve's TV celebration is reserved for the one put together by CCTV. That means that no matter what channel you're on, in China, they will be only showing CCTV 8, and specifically this one Chunjie Wanhui. To put this in perspective, this year, I was checking the latest numbers, viewership reached 20%. Now, I don't know if that's the Chinese population or TVs, but it is quite a high number. For context, if a Chinese drama airing right now has one or 2% viewership ratings, Fans will already be saying that that is one of the best viewership dramas uh, of the year. Yes, exactly. There apparently were 600 million people watching it live. And of that, 180 million people were watching it using their phones or tablets. 600 million. That's almost double the population of the United States. The Oscars, I think, would kill to have even a tenth of this viewership these days. And also in the U.S., we count the Super Bowl viewership as one of the biggest uh, TV events of the year. But certainly it does not compare to the viewership of the Spring Gala or Chunjie Wanhui. 20% for this year is also one of the lowest viewership numbers on record, at least in the 21st century. Viewership reached a high in 2010 with 38%. There's 1.4 billion people in China, so any double-digit percent is very respectable. And honestly, it's always going to be this Lunar New Year event that gets the most viewership over the course of the year. 
People grew up in China watching the Spring Gala, and it started in 1983. This has been on CCTV every year since. This show is also uh, a staple for emigrants, so folks who have left China to other countries, because I most certainly remember watching this uh, spring gala every year, uh, more or less growing up in my household, because my parents wanted to have this on TV. I would say that prestige has subsided for Chunjiewanhui in recent years, but you could bet that in the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, where TV content was more limited, getting a spot on the spring gala would skyrocket your career. Right, it was one of the biggest deals in an entertainer's career to be able to say, I performed at the spring gala. I mean, even now, for people to say, oh, I'm going to be on Chunwan as an entertainer, that's of something that many people would kill to be able to do. And the reason why is because at least growing up, even for me and like my parents, you remember the hosts, you remember the acts and the performers. If you succeed as an entertainer on Chun Wan, you literally become a household act. This includes at least in my memory, Liu Qian, the magician from Taiwan, singer and groups such as Feng Huang Chuan Qi and Jiu Yue Qi Ji. They went on to become famous after Chun Wan in the sense of like, I don't know, let's say, um, oh, Prince performs at the Super Bowl. Everyone remembers this performance at the Super Bowl. It's not to say that Prince was not famous before coming to the Super Bowl um, or performing at the Super Bowl, but people will be like, okay, in 19x, or 2000X, he performed during this time, and this is the performance that you remember him for. This is the equivalent, or even more so in China, because of course, you know, 600 million people just watched you live perform on TV. Xiaoping, or skits, were made famous during the Spring Gala. The most famous come from acts typically from the Dongbei province, especially those from Zhao Benshan and Song Dandan, over the years, we've also had Feng Gong and Xiao Shenyang as staples. Xiao Shenyang was a very interesting example because he is a student of Zhao Benshan, and when he went on Chun Wan, just that one skit made him a household name, and everyone knew who he was. Now, I will say that this year's Chun Wan, you can see this on YouTube, uh, you can definitely see the entire performance, was not as impressive as even last year because I would say that in terms of trending acts afterwards, there was nothing that really took hold. Last year, there was a performance called The Journey of a Legendary Landscape Painting or Lu, which was so impressive as a dance that everyone on Weibo afterwards were posting their interpretations of this dance. Essentially, there's this one scene where the dancers pretty much bend backwards and are almost perpendicular, um, and it's super impressive in how they did it. And so everyone on Weibo was trying to, uh, or posted their pictures of how they did it. And a lot of times it was just, you know, funny memes of this uh, dance. This year, there really wasn't a trending performance that took hold on Weibo afterwards. The funniest trend or meme that happened really was actually Deng Chao's performance. 
Myung Chao, for those of you who don't know, is Sun Li's husband. Sun Li is, of course, Chen Huan from Emphasis in the Palace. Now, Deng Chao has had an illustrious career uh, on his own, and I've seen him in a number of things over the years. But what's really funny is last year was his first time on Chun Wan, and he became an instant classic because he was the only one on stage really fully enjoying his experience. He was jumping up and down and just really engaging with the audience. And so <laughs> everyone was joking about how he said in an interview afterwards that he was super nervous. And everyone was like, uh, if you were nervous in this performance, I don't know what you would be if you weren't nervous. And so this year he got a second chance to be on Chun Wan. And <laughs> even Sun Li on Weibo was joking about how um, this year the... Um, film or camera crew knew exactly what to do by giving Deng Chao um, a lot of screen time. A lot of screen time and a wider screening pan because Deng Chao, you will see screenshots of him literally just jumping in midair. And, yeah, yeah, in midair. And so everyone was like, we need Deng Chao around because he actually hypes up the environment um, or the performance for Chun Wan, whereas a lot of the other performances were just very serious. The Second most trending or the one that caught my eye, there was a couple, um, but like nothing really was that popular this year. But the second one was where Zhang Ruoyun, who is an actor and the main character or main actor for Joy of Life, Ting Yunian, was in the crowd eating like chicken. <laughs> and he was just like wolfing down the chicken. And so everyone was like, oh, where, does, does he eat dinner? Probably like, not. Is he starving? <laughs> so then what they did was like, hey, Tang Yixin, who is his wife, like, can you please feed your husband? Or like, why is he just wolfing down chicken? Which then led to another hilarious trend in which everybody basically tied it back to Empresses in the Palace or Chen Huanzhuan because Zhang Ruoyun is married to Tang Yixin, who is, of course, Qi Guiren in Empresses in the Palace. And we have Deng Chao, who is married to none other than Sun Li, who is, of course, Chen Huan. So then everybody went full meta and was like, Hey, Jin Huan and Qi Guiren, can you guys please figure out your own harems right now? Because <laughs> what's going on with your husbands? Yeah, your husbands are making a scene. And they also contrasted when both Sun Li and Tang Yixin also performed on Chun Wan when they were like very serious or like very what? like not serious as in like festive in the like. I don't know, like, I don't know. More reserved sense, whereas their husbands are just jokesters. <laughs> Another funny, I guess, appearance is that the actress for Cui Jinxi or Cui Gugu from uh, Empresses in the Palace was also in a skit on Chun Wan. This particular skit had her, you know, saying like, you know, go find a husband or go find a significant other. And then what ended up happening is everybody online was like, so, you know, Cui Jinxi in Empress in the Palace got married to a eunuch. So are you telling me that instead of finding a guy, I should just go find a very, very good man who is a eunuch? And everyone's like, you know what? I can deal with that. I'm down with that. <laughs> so a lot of connections to Empresses in the Palace this, uh, this spring gala. The thing is, for the Year of the Rabbits performance... I would say the two biggest criticisms is that one, the skits uh, or sketches or xiaopin and even xiangsheng 
are not nearly as funny as they were in prior years. And number two is that there are too many popular actors and actresses on stage singing when it is clear that they do not actually have singing chops. Well, I think the celebrity criticism permeates also in problem one with the xiaoping or the sketches because they also hire a lot of actors who did not grow up in the comedy scene or the xiaoping scene to act in those particular sketches. And then it just doesn't land. I would actually compare that to SNL. If you have veterans such as Amy Poehler or Tina Fey or even um, Eddie Murphy perform in SNL, they know how to command the audience. Or Seth Meyers, they know how to command the audience. Unfortunately, if you get some celebrity guests who, I'm not going to name names, be one of the SNL hosts and they don't really know how to command the audience, you can definitely tell the difference. That's what we're getting more and more of on the Spring Gala, especially for these types of sketches or programming. Now, going back to point two with too many celebrities uh, on the show, there's inherently nothing wrong with that. But if you don't perform to your strengths, then people notice. I mean, even my mom was like, hmm, there's a lot of celebrities or like people who are not singers singing on this show. But because of the prestige for performing on Chunwan when your male idol or female idol or uh, fan favorite gets screen time on Chunwan, it then becomes more of a paparazzi and competition event for the fans. And the more, uh, I guess, accomplished and prestigious performers and dancers um, that may not have a huge fan following are then sidelined. Kathy is really upset that Tang Shi, who is one of the best dancers in China right now, uh, was playing, was basically in the background for Zhao Liying in her performance. I thought Zhao Liying uh, did a okay job in terms of singing because she was able to regurgitate a lot of words in her song, but it was very obvious she had uh, her song pre-recorded. So in conclusion... This year, the Spring Gala, in my mind, was kind of a dud. A surprising dud. I don't think in previous years we've had any Spring Gala that has garnered so little attention. There was always previously at least like one or two acts that people would talk about. This year, literally none. But I guess that means that we are all turning our attention to (laughs) the drama that is happening with the box office. Chinese New Year is typically a quiet time for the working folks and people finally get a long holiday. What that means is that people flock to the theaters to watch movies and it is a time where studios release films in hopes of upping box office returns. Think of blockbuster holidays in the US that would be uh, the Christmas holidays and also over the summer. In the U.S., Avatar, The Way of Water, and surprisingly, Puss in Boots, uh, or the sequel, has had a lot of legs and are making a ton of money at the box office with their Christmas releases. James Cameron, $2 billion. Good for you. My goodness. <laughs> it's the same concept in China, but there has been literally so much drama happening with the releases of these movies. The first movie we want to chat about, which I'm actually kind of sad to see what's happened to it, is a ping pong movie uh, that is helmed by 
Deng Chao. Now, Deng Chao has done a ton of marketing for this film. It's called Zhongguo Pingpang Zhi Jue Di Fan Ji, essentially a film about the Chinese ping pong team back in the day. Deng Chao was spending time marketing this film before its release, and I kid you not, literally every single celebrity on Weibo was supporting the film, meaning they reposted on Weibo saying, we do want to watch the film and support our favorite Chao Ge or Deng Chao. But the problem is, after a couple of days of airing, the box office ticket sales have been abysmal. No, do you know why? Because instead of releasing on Lunar New Year's Day, like all the other six movies we're going to talk about, this seventh movie decided to air on January 24th. So that's the third day of the Lunar New Year, in which all the other people are like, I'm going to watch the other movies, which we'll talk about as well. So that means nobody, like there's no screens literally available at the movies for the movie to air. And so, like I mentioned, box office sales were horrible. Yesterday, the film, while Deng Chao was still releasing stuff in order to market it, the film's uh, company, production company, decided to actually axe the film and or pull yank it, it yeah. yank it from theaters and A, said we might do limited release, but then was also saying, you know what, we're going to push release to a later date. I don't think I've actually seen an American movie, a U.S. movie do that before, but it's because they spent $300 million on this film, and let's just say it was making pennies compared to the investment. So that, I think, is really just heartbreaking because I feel like Deng Chao really wanted this film to do well, but just because it was timed poorly in terms of release, and also it is up against other juggernaut films, we will have to see if when it gets released again, will it make any more of an impact. It's currently slated for February 17th. So a full like two, three weeks later. But, you know, this timing, this is a, I guess, I don't know, like a future case study on poor movie release timing. <laughs> so as I said, there were six movies that released on January 22nd, New Year's Day. Let me list them and give a little bit more context or more information about them, and then we can discuss all of the drama that has been happening. The first is Full River Red, or Man Jiang Hong. It is a historical suspense comedy film directed by none other than Zhang Yimou. The film features co-leads Shen Teng, who is also a staple on Chun Wan, and Jackson Yi, Yi Yang Qianxi, who was very much embroiled in this bribery scandal that I discussed over the summer and was actually filming this film when all this broke out. The movie also stars Zhang Yi, Lei Jiayin, Wang Jiayi, and Yue Yunpeng. The film's name is based off of a ci from the famous Song Dynasty general Yue Fei, and the movie itself is a mystery case set in the beginning of the Southern Song Dynasty. Now, Zhang Yimou is a legendary director from China, having filmed the films such as Red Sorghum, Hero, House of Flying Daggers, Under the Hawthorne Tree, and The Flowers of War. 
He also directed the opening and closing ceremonies of the 2008 and last year's 2022 Beijing Olympics. Let's just say he's a big deal. Next up, we have Liu Lang Di Qiu Art, or The Wandering Earth 2. It is a science fiction action film directed and co-written by Frant Guo or Guo Fan and starring none other than Andy Lau, Wu Jing, and Li Xuetian. The film is a sequel to the original 2019 film The Wandering Earth and is based off of the short story of the same name by Liu Cixin, who, of course, wrote The Three-Body Problem. This movie, the second movie, or Wandering Earth 2, is a prequel to the original film, which made a whopping 700 million US dollars, so that's converted. And the original film is one of the highest grossing movies, or Chinese movies, ever. Andy Lau, Liu Dehua, as his name is in Mandarin, is of course a household name in basically all of Chinese, Hong Kong, and Taiwanese entertainment. So. There is a lot of focus on this film. Next, we have Hidden Blade, or Wu Ming, which is a war film set in World War II and is an espionage thriller directed by Cheng Er and starring Tony Leung, Wang Yibo, and Zhou Xun. This film begins the day after the attack on Pearl Harbor and chronicles the underground network resistance in China during that time. For this movie, we got the irreplaceable Tony Liang or Liang Chaowei, as his name is in Mandarin, who for Marvel fans last saw him as Wen Wu in Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. I feel like that is kind of like really understating his accomplishments, but that is one movie that we talked about in our podcast series. Um, but please go listen to that podcast series for his filmography and of which movies to watch. Needless to say, any film in which he's attached to it draws eyeballs. We also have, of course, pop idol Wang Yibo making a turn to movies in this film. Now, the next three films include comedy Jiao Huan Ren or 500 Miles, starring Zhang Xiaofei. Zhang Xiaofei, who rose to popularity, I would say, and like A-list status with the blockbuster movie, Hi Mom is, of course, paired with the pretty lovable Lei Jiayin. We then have two animated films, the first of which is Xiong Chumo or Boonie Bears, and then Shenhai or Deep Sea. Now, six movies to be released on one day is a lot, I feel like. That doesn't really happen in the States. And as you can see, this is why, with the slate of legendary directors and actors, why... Releasing that ping pong movie from Deng Chao on the third day of the Lunar New Year was probably like a big misstep. Now, what do I mean in which there's been a lot of drama with all of these films being released? It's because Man Jiang Hong, Liu Liang Di Qiu, and Wu Ming all, as I said, feature either legendary directors, pop stars, or legendary uh, actor. So everyone's like, wait, which movie should I watch? I kid you not, I'm following Weibo and it's all just posts of, wait, what movie are you watching? Who are you going for? Like, what is the review? What are your reviews? And what's been interesting is for the first day or so, people were like, here's my thoughts. And then fans of 
Unfortunately, for example, Wang Yibo or uh, Jackson Yi would say, this is an incorrect review. You are biased against or for this person. So there's been a lot of back and forth. People are like, no, you bought this review. Um, you paid for this or like this is not an accurate review to the point where Douban, which is a, a website who does have some biases, didn't release its reviews of these films until recently. Now, as of January 24th, we had some reviews or like of these films and they come out as such. Wandering Earth 2 currently has an 8.3. Manjianghong or Full River Red has 7.8. Wuming or Hidden Blade has 6.8. Xiaohuan Renshang has a 5.7. And the two animated films, Xiong Chu Mo has a 7.0 and Shenhai or Deep Sea has a 7.4. Now, the reason why there is so much controversy or discussion is because people were trying to understand what they should watch during these past two chaotic and frantic days. So people, as I see now, are like putting their votes into Douban or in some other um, aggregated review metric and people are like okay what is true what is not maybe this is favoritism but it seems like you know Liu Liang Diqiu or Wandering Earth 2 and Man Jiang Hong all are doing pretty well from both a review perspective and a box office perspective. Man Jiang Hong or Full River Red there's a lot of scrutiny right now on Jackson Yi simply because, of course, A, he was in that bribery scandal or embroiled in that bribery scandal, but also he is one of the few young actors who can boast a lot in box office returns, most notably being in the battle at Lake Changjin, which came out in 2021. He's, of course, being paired or battling against Wang Yibo, who is or came through the pop idol system, and his fans are all like, oh my god. My idol is currently acting alongside Tony Leung. And, you know, when they were seeing that 6.8 review, his fans got all up in arms on saying this was review bombed by other folks. So there's been a quite a battle between the two young stars, especially between the fans. The biggest discourse, though, however, has been all about the box office returns because we have these staples. And at first, it seemed like it would have been a three-way race between Full River Red, Wandering Earth 2, and Hidden Blade, but that doesn't seem like it's the case. We now have, you know, several days behind us to take a look at the box office returns, and also what's very different in China, I would say, is like movies come and go. So the movie theaters will also add uh, screens and reduce screens based on the trends of the box office. So here is what we're seeing. With number one, with 2.3 billion Chinese yuan in box office for the past um, six days, it is full river red. Next, we have The Wandering Earth at 1.9 billion Chinese yuan. Then, surprisingly, we have Boonie Bears at 670 million yuan. Then, Number four is Wu Ming at 467 million yuan. We round out the next two, or next, yeah, next two with Deep Sea Shenhai with 300 or so million yuan, and then Xiao Huan Ren Sheng, or 
500 miles at 278 million yuan. For those who are curious, I kind of did a rough conversion of that. All six films, that adds up to about 878 million US dollars. That's converted. That's a lot in box office. That's a lot, I guess, in butts and seats. I don't know how often we see that even in the US. Now, for those also who are curious, Avatar The Way of Water has also done 1.6 billion Chinese yuan in box office. So, you know, when you take a look at that 2 billion, China also contributed quite a lot. And I'm converting that. That's around like 230 million US dollars. So that's also, you know, quite a sizable chunk. So as you can see, we have Manjiang Hong, Full River Red, and Wandering Earth 2 leading the pack. And those two movies now have the bulk, I would say, in screen time in China. If your film doesn't do as well, bye-bye to your screen time. And that's exactly what we saw with Deng Chao's ping pong film. I personally did go and see uh, The Wandering Earth, the original one. I thought it was quite good. I liked it a lot. I'll probably try and check out in some former fashion Wandering Earth 2, Full River Red, and Hidden Blade. But for us, the past couple of days has been quite funny to read all the fans, posting reviews, all the box office analysis of, you know, which one did well. And then, of course, the box office power of certain celebrities and or not. And that is it for our special 2023 Year of the Rabbit Lunar New Year episode. If, you know, you have your own memories of the Spring Gala, feel free to let us know about them. If you're checking these movies out, let us know your thoughts. For those of you who are curious, previous Spring Galas are available on YouTube to watch. Um, I think my personal favorite highlights probably span between the years 2004 through 2010. So if you have a cold winter day ahead of you, take a look. Maybe you'll find something interesting. And that is it with this podcast episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one.